Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. What's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. We're happy to have you here. And today we have a interesting philosophical discussion with Aaron Ben Zaev, who is the author of his latest book, The Arc of Love, How Our Romantic Lives Change Over Time. And he is a professor of philosophy at the University of Haifa and founding and former president of the European Philosophical Society for the Study of Emotions. And super interesting guy, interesting topic. And we just dive into love and talk about kind of the differences between early intense love and contrast that with what he calls profound love long term and uh why it's so darn hard to navigate <laughs> those two things. It is. So if you're listening and you're in a long-term relationship and maybe you're struggling with the the fact that there's a missing passion or spice in your relationship, 
I think hearing what Aaron has to say about long-term relationships and the profound love that grows over time is can really make you appreciate your partner. And really, for me, it makes me want to continue to grow that profound love with Chase. Yeah, it definitely gives a new perspective. And we didn't solve any big philosophical questions on, on love. <laughs> I think that'd be <laughs> impossible to do still in pending, 45 minutes. <laughs> but uh, we enjoyed the discussion and we hope you guys do too. As always, thank you for tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Enjoy today's Enjoy. show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You're most welcome. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of your book and one that deserves kind of a whole podcast series, but we'll do our best here on this one show, and that is... The Arc of Love, How Our Romantic Lives Change Over Time. And in the pre-show, we, we told you how we're super interested in this topic, have not read the book, but are really curious to pick your brain and and talk about this from really like a biological and a philosophical angle. So we thought maybe a good place to start and, and contrast is the themes that you cover in the book of early intense love and contrast that with profound love. And, and maybe you can give us a, a definition and, and talk a little bit about each and we could talk about the experiences of early intense love. Okay, thank you. The major question of the book is the issue of who knows how to make love last, how we can have long-term relationship. This is a question which is very acute in our uh, society, since in our society, it is easy to find love. It is very difficult to maintain love for a long time. So this is my focus. Love, long-term love, and uh, in order to explain the possibility, the feasibility of long-term love, I make a distinction between intense love and romantic intensity and romantic profundity. Intensity is a peak, sexual desire, the passion. This is the intensity. Profundity goes far beyond this. Profundity involve the activity, your attitude over time. And what my main claim is that intensity may not be, we may not be able to keep the intensity for a long time, but profundity can enhance with time. Time does not do good to intensity. However, time does wonderful for profundity. For example, sexual desire. Sexual desire is reduced in time. One study found that uh, one year after marriage, the frequency of sexual interaction is less than a half what it was one month after it. And all, as all of us know, it keeps going down. So the question is, if intensity, sexual desire, which is very important in romantic love, if sexual desire is decreased with time, how can we say that love can last for a long time? The answer is that romantic profundity, which is based 
upon knowing each other is increased in uh, time. In romantic profundity, we need time in order to know each other, in order to bring out the best from each other. And this is, I think, the most important activity in long-term relationship, bringing out the best in each other. We both, both the couple should feel, should feel that they are flourishing, personally flourishing, while they are in this relationship. It is not enough that love will in, uh, increase. If love increases, but each person or one of them feels that he or she is not developing, is not thriving, he or she will not remain in the relationship. In order to remain in the relationship, first, you need love, and second, you need self-fulfillment. Self-fulfillment in a way that you feel that you are developed, that uh, your capacity are developed, and that you feel good uh, with yourself. And this is what romantic profundity is all about. Intensity is very brief. Profundity needs time. There is so much in there, and thank you for that synopsis because that just kind of lays the foundation and now I want to just dig into that and talk about yeah that that contrast it's like that initial very to me it's like animalistic sexual desire right like we can't control that and we we have that for another person early on and it's super intense and everything's novel and new and inevitably pretty fast as the studies show and personal experience, it goes down. And that's just the product of evolution in our biology. And then, yeah, it's like, how do we balance that and, and cultivate the profundity to, to get our long-term relationship to, to flourish? So we have these two seemingly inverse things. So how can we think about either early in a relationship or we're in a long-term relationship, developing things to keep our supporting our partner to, to grow in the profundity aspect. In, uh, in choosing the partner, we should pay attention or the emphasis on what I term the suitability scale. That is to say, whether the two partners are suitable for each other, not about the uh, properties, the absolute properties of each other. For, I'll give example. Wise wisdom. Is wisdom good to the relationship? Yes, you would say usually it is good. However, it is not good if you are not so wise and the partner is very wise. On the absolute scale, wisdom is very good. One can be a nine. But if the other person is four in wisdom, it is not good. Uh, the same with uh, wealth. Rich money is good. It enables to do you uh, to do many uh, things. However, uh, rich people may be less considerate maybe less, uh, less uh, loyal. See, a year ago, something like this, a woman said to me, tell me, why all the men that I want don't want me? And why, and the men who want me, I don't want them. I said to her simply, you are eight. Actually, she was seven. I didn't want to insult her. You are eight. <laughs> Eight, and you are looking for the ten, and but the ten don't want you, and those who want you are the six. You must focus on the eight, otherwise it will not be good. In order that 
relationship will be for a long term, we need a certain kind of equality. It doesn't have to be precise or mechanistic equality, but more or less, they should be on the same level in order that they will be able to interact with each other. There is a study that uh, indicates that uh, people want their partner to be equal to them or a little bit above them. And uh, above them is a small gap of 25%. Until 25%, lower than 25%, they can feel that the strengths of the partner will benefit them and will enhance their uh, self-esteem. Above this, it will, they will feel inferiority. So we want our partner, and this is true of uh, those who are married and those who are uh, not married. Uh, we want our partner to be equal to us and a little bit above us in order that we'll be able to uh, earn more money as a family or uh, 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 to have other advantages. So I suppose if both partners are looking for someone slightly above themselves, one of them is going to be disappointed. No, it is. I mean, when in envy, in envy, indeed, we envy those who are above us, and especially those who are a little bit above us. However, for example, those who belong to you, your family, your bodies, you want them to be a little bit, you, are, you allow them to be a little bit above you because they are stronger and they can make you stronger. It is, in a, in, a, in a sense, reflected glory. Their glory reflected upon you. It is a case, for example, with parents. Parents don't envy their children and uh, uh, for their uh, achievement because the children are such wonderful because of the parents. There is some connection in the same way sport fans are uh, uh, having their uh, uh, happiness when their team uh, uh, won. But generally, when in a, a marriage where the two are close to each other, when they are, the difference is not uh, big, so they can uh, cope with it. By the way, when the differences are great, one result of it is not good to the relationship, no doubt, because one of them feels inferior and one of them uh, is disappointed that he doesn't have a higher uh, partner. And one result of this is uh, more extramarital affairs. There is a study indicate that uh, extramarital affairs are the least among equal partners, and they are more so for the superior partner and the uh, inferior partner. The superior partner, because he thinks he or she, she thinks that she deserves more. And for the inferior partner, because he thinks he's uh, in a undeserved inferiority, so he should show that uh, he can do things, he can have a fair, and uh, this will enhance uh, his or her uh, self-esteem. It is tricky, but it is very uh, subtle. A little bit difference is good. As long as you see your partner as part of you, part of a, a group together, and the group uh, is better when uh, uh, he or she is uh, above. However, when the gaps are uh, high, we have envy and uh, uh, undeserved inferiority which is very bad to the relationship. 
So in that situation, would you say that if somebody is more, way more inferior, more than that 25%, that they are yeah. not suitable or compatible with that partner? Or have you seen in your research that there is a way to work around that to become more compatible and work out those issues? Yeah, it's, uh, the question is good uh, because the situation is complex. It is complex to determine who is above whom and uh, uh, in what uh, degree. Because what we speak about here is the overall value. The overall value is determined by various uh, uh, aspects or uh, by external appearance, wisdom, uh, financial situation, uh, kindness, many. So it is, to a certain extent, up to you to determine, at least in part, the overall value. So if there is a great lab, the uh, both partner try in their mind and their attitude to minimize the differences. Yes, I'm a, a, maybe a, a professor or a, a minister, but she is very talented in the art and in money. She does much better than I do. So you can, in a loving relationship, you can fix the overall value unless there is great differences that even loving partner cannot ignore it. Reality uh, indicates that there is a, a big difference. If one is very wise and uh, uh, the other is, let's say, very stupid, there is no way to overcome the differences. However, when the differences are small, you can play with the relative weight for each other, and therefore the couple can go on and they live together. It's a loving attitude. This is just such a big question mm -hmm. because it's like, I don't think there is an answer, but maybe we can dig into that. It's like, at what point do we just decide that the differences are not too big and then make a commitment to someone and work forward? Because we could just drive ourselves crazy trying yeah. to decide. Yeah, you are right. You are right. If you try to make an intellectual calculation, you'll get nowhere. It is more kind of intuition. Intuition, how you feel, because this is the most important thing, how you feel with the differences. And uh, people can feel. When people date with uh, each other, they can feel whether the partner uh, satisfies their basic needs, whether indeed the partner is more or less on the same level in a way that uh, uh, they can do activity together. You see, I believe that in love, what is the most essential in love is the interaction between the two people. The interaction between people is what determines long-term relationship. Now, in order to have good interaction, the two people should be more or less on the same level. Otherwise, the interaction will not be that meaningful. So they can see at the dating uh, time that whether they get along together well, whether they can do things together, whether they enjoy it. And here, if there, is, uh, there are big, uh, great differences, then they will not feel good in the interaction. And without calculating. There is, you are right, there is no intellectual calculation here. It's very hard to do it. But there is intuition. You can feel whether the interaction go, goes well or not. And this is the important, most important indication whether there is chance for long-term relationship. And then within that, it seems like, let's say we make that intuitive choice and if we're talking about long-term monogamy, and we want to open this up and talk about polyamory too, 
that we make that intuitive choice, there's still a certain level of commitment to going, okay, it's working now, but realizing that we're both going to change and and then things become even more complex. Yeah. Good. What, therefore, because of uh, this possibility of changes, the decision, uh, which is basically intuitive decision, should focus on the profound aspect, profound aspect of the personality. So if you focus merely or mainly on external appearance, it will not work out. Because external appearance with time, its value, its weight is decreasing. You should, and it is less important for the interaction. It is nice to have. And uh, uh, at the beginning, it has a lot of weight. But with time, its uh, value for the joint interaction is not that uh, big. So you you uh, emphasize, give greater weight to the profound aspect, to caring, generosity, to uh, wisdom, sense of humor, some attitudes which are important for the long term. And in this way, uh, you reduce the risk of changing because external appearance changes with time. However, nature, personality, such as kindness or uh, uh, respect or humility, they don't change with time. And therefore, if on the basic, you can see that uh, uh, there is a compatibility, then the chances for long-term relationship is uh, greater. Of course, we are not an insurance company. We cannot, uh, we cannot promise that will be a success. But those if we focus on the profound, on the deeper aspect of the personality, then the chances that they will remain for the long term are much higher. Can you touch a little bit on how romantic abundance and having too many romantic options can really hurt the development of profound love? Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We talk about it a lot on the show, and that is going to a professional counselor or therapist. And Sarah and I finally both started seeing one about a year ago, Mm -hmm. not even. And we go individually and as a couple and as much great information as we get on the show from our guests It's really been invaluable for personal and relationship insights for both of us. Yes, it's been a true game changer for our relationship and we really cannot encourage it anymore. And and you all may be saying like, wow, it's going to be a lot of energy to drive, to spend the money. And that's why we we want to tell you about BetterHelp because BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. So you guys can do it from your home and you can communicate with your therapist via text, chat, phone, and video. And you can choose from over 3000 us licensed therapists across all 50 States that specialize not only in relationships, but also depression, stress, anxiety, self-esteem, anger, trauma, and many more issues. And anything you share is confidential. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. And best of all, like we mentioned, it is truly an affordable option. And our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code I do. So get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash I do. Simply fill out the questionnaire and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash I do to get 10% off your first month. Today's episode is also brought to you by Feels. 
As you guys might know, Sarah and I try to live a very healthy and active lifestyle from the food we eat to staying active every day. And we're always trying to live our hashtag best life. Is that <laughs> best a hashtag? Life. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> So I've always had a hard time falling asleep at night and it would take me at least, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour. Chase would already be like way asleep by the time I fell asleep. So I started researching natural alternatives to help me fall asleep faster. And that is when I found CBD oil and feels and feels is a premium CBD delivered straight to your door. CBD is a natural way to reduce stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, and there's no high hangover or addiction. And I started taking CBD before bed every night, and it is pretty incredible how fast I saw results. About an hour before bed, I would put a few drops under my tongue and I've been falling asleep within like five to 10 minutes, so much faster. And if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline with real human support to help guide you through the discovery process. Join the Feels community and get your CBD delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel your membership at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. 50% off? What? Yep. By visiting feels.com slash I do. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash I do to become a member and get 50% off your first order. Commitment theory indicates three aspects of uh, commitment. One is the satisfaction or the, who can call it the amount of love or satisfaction for each other. Second is the price of living. Third is the uh, alternatives. The more alternative, so of course, the most important is the satisfaction, the uh, love. Uh, also, in long term, the price of uh, separation is uh, everywhere, and the uh, alternative. When you have many alternatives, as we have now in our modern society, it is hard to focus on one alternative. If you come to a, a friend of mine, say to me, you know, when I want to buy a, a diamond to my wife, I take her for a big, huge a store of diamond. She look at all this, she doesn't know what to buy, and she doesn't buy it, finally. Because there are too much, too many. Too many, when you have too many, you cannot focus on the one, on only one of them. And uh, moreover, focusing on uh, in, in love, in love, the uh, romantic focus, uh, we, need, we need resources. If we have a partner, a loving relation should need resources such as time, effort, financial resources, in order to enhance thriving, to enhance the relationship. Now, if you have many options, you don't have time for enhancing to and uh, uh, deepening uh, the relationship that you are uh, in. So the temptation is very high, and uh, people will say to themselves, also in a time of crisis, why to stay in the relationship if they have a conflict? Why to stay here now and they solve the conflict? I'll go out, find a, a new one. Like in furniture, the furniture, the sofa is broken. Why to fix it? We go and buy a new one. It's not uh, expensive. So in our society, we don't have time for the fixing. We don't have time to be with each other and uh, make the relationship deeper. So, in uh, uh, and when we have so many alternatives, we all, we don't also have the incentive to be inside. Let's uh, uh, go out and see. As as we said at the beginning, the new one is more exciting. So why not to go to the new one? and waste effort and time on the familiar one. 
Why not? Because you lose the profundity. Profundity requires time. With time, we know each other a little better and we can bring out the best from each other in a way that we cannot do with a new partner. So within this context of, of choosing to, to fix the relationship as we change and grow and into a, a long-term relationship, through the lens of monogamy, that's a lot more simple, but I'm really interested from an anthropological and philosophical perspective in open relationships and polyamory. What are your views on our take on monogamy as a, as a society in most societies and how polyamory might fit into this discussion? Okay, first I would say that I don't provide a school resolution. I don't provide a one resolution which will be good for uh, uh, all of them, all of uh, people. I analyze the various uh, options and uh, indicate it's, uh, the options' uh, advantages and uh, uh, disadvantages. And therefore, the, uh, some options are uh, better for some people some for other people, and even in uh, uh, the same uh, uh, person in uh, different circumstances or different ages, age, uh, it may have uh, a better uh, uh, solution. We'll go from one mode to another. This is, uh, so I don't reject any kind of uh, uh, marital uh, circumstances marital relationship uh, for all people. Maybe there are people that they are uh, fit uh, to this relationship. The same with uh, polyamory. Uh, polyamory is the uh, uh, advantages and it is good for certain uh, people. Uh, by now, I believe it is around 5% of couples in the United States are polyamory. Now, we can uh, speak about uh, two major types of non-monogamous uh, relationship, open relationship. One is an open sexual marriage. Open sexual marriage, in uh, this uh, uh, couple, they allow each other to have been, to, to be with, sexually to be with other uh, uh, people. These uh, people consider the decreasing level of sexuality as a major problem in the marriage. Therefore, they uh, allow each other to have new sexual uh, uh, partner. And in this way, they believe that the major problem of marriage, the decreasing intense sexual intensity, is uh, uh, solved. Here, we have uh, clearly a hierarchy of primary relationship and secondary relationship. The secondary relationship is mainly sexual. Now, polyamory, the polyamorous people see the problem as more wide. The problem in their view is not merely the sex. It is the sex, but something else. Also love. So it is not merely additional uh, sexual partner, but additional romantic partner. And uh, so here the challenge to traditional marriage is much higher, much uh, uh, higher. And because they uh, uh, claim that monogamy uh, is not in uh, uh, less. Also in polyamory, I believe most of them, and there are very many kinds of polyamory, uh, polyamorous uh, relationship, uh, many kinds, but uh, in uh, most kinds, there is a primary and secondary relationship. It helps them 
uh, cope with uh, uh, two relationships, two or three relationships, uh, while the primary relationship, uh, we have uh, uh, the parents who have the children and uh, take care also of the children. In uh, the uh, secondary, it is mainly uh, lover. The secondary uh, relationship usually lasts uh, uh, shorter than the uh, primary. But there are also uh, couples, polyamorous couples, uh, in which there is no this uh, distinction. Now, uh, the issue is, first, I would like to say that the studies indicate that in this relationship, the relation in the primary couple is deeper, or at least as deep as in monogamy, and the intensity is higher with the secondary uh, relationship with the lover. Uh, why it is deeper? Because you need a lot of uh, patience and listening to each other in order to make the whole arrangement work. I'll just give you an example of the complexity. For example, someone I spoke with her, she's Married, she has a lover, her lover has a, a wife. Her husband have a lover, she, uh, this lover have a husband. So we have here, and in addition, she also have from time to time just sexual partner. So we see here a, a little commune, let's say 10 people which uh, who have to decide upon your uh, activities. Because if she wants to, uh, example, go with her uh, lover uh, on the weekend somewhere. So the husband often says, no, on the weekend we are both of us with the children. You cannot do it. And then, okay, if you want uh, uh, Wednesday. But Wednesday, she said, the wife of my uh, boyfriend, and they are uh, usually the uh, day of uh, uh, going out. So there is here a lot of arrangement to make, and you need a, a sensitivity to each other. So uh, uh, the claim is that the relationship, the primary relationship uh, is uh, deep. And uh, uh, another problem is that this relationship, the polyamorous relationship, are last show a uh, briefer. Briefer than uh, uh, other uh, relationship. Why briefer? Because the basic attitude is that they don't care about the length of the time what they care, whether there, there is love over there. And if the basic attitude is that the length is of no importance, so indeed it is kind of a, a prophet, full-fulfilling prophecy. Indeed, the uh, time is shorter. Indeed, the time of a uh, uh, polyamorous uh, relationship are typically shorter than those of uh, monogamous. So, uh, monogamy has uh, uh, advantages, polyamory has uh, uh, advantages. The uh, people should look when and where uh, is the best circumstances for uh, choosing each of them. Or each of them. It seems to be that at least at the beginning, when you raise a family, when you uh, uh, having children, uh, monogamy has some advantages. Later on, maybe the advantages are of uh, less weight, but it depends a lot on the personality and the circumstances of uh, each partner. Well, Aaron, you know, we're just scratching the surface here, obviously, when we're talking about a subject as big and profound as love. I want to thank you for 
just laying this foundation, giving us a lot of stuff to think about. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or anything you want to share with our listeners who are obviously listening, who are either in love, trying to find love, love is on their minds, um, about just what you've learned in writing this book and, and through your work and in your thinking on the subject. And uh, then we'll wrap up and say goodbye. Yes. Uh, uh, one, one issue is that uh, don't give up. Don't give up. Long-term relationship is feasible. I don't say stick to the uh, relationship in all costs, but try to uh, make it uh, work in order that you will be able to gain the advantages of the long term, of the profundity. And this worth a try. I just want to add one more thing. Can I? Yes, please. Okay. I begin, I begin the book with a question, is love best when it is fresh? There is a Russian proverb that says that uh, love and eggs are best when they are fresh. We know that it is true uh, about eggs. Eggs are best when they are fresh. And this is true concerning their taste and the nutritional value. Both of them are best when eggs are fresh. Is love best when it is fresh? I believe that the taste of love, this intensity, this passion, is best when it is fresh. However, the nutritional value of love, this is the depth of love, the ability to bring out the best from each other needs time. And this, in, in this sense, love is not best when it is fresh. Love is most profound when uh, after a time, after the two people uh, know, uh, two people know each other and know how to make each other happier and uh, flourishing. I love that you end us on that note because Chase and I have been together for eleven years, and you're right. It's exciting in the beginning, but the love that we have that we've cultivated over this time is really what keeps us strong and going and really appreciate each other. So it's nutritious <laughs> and it is nutritious. Yes. So yes. I can add here another thing that when you compare, you are in relationship and you compare other candidates, what you Compare, what you can compare is just the external property, the height, the intelligence, the external appearance. And uh, these, as I said, are not the best uh, parameters for uh, predicting long-term love. However, with time, you have a unique relationship, a unique bond. And this bond cannot be compared with other people because you are not with them. Therefore, the uniqueness of the bond is a profound reason for staying if it is good because with someone else who can be uh, more handsome, you don't know yet whether the unique connection will be as good as you have now with your husband. That's another yes. great thing to think about uh, for us and our listeners. And uh, it's such an abstract thing that we're all seeking from ourselves, from others, and from, from our partner. And and uh, it's fun to think about it and have people like yourself on who've done a lot of thinking and writing on this thing we call love. So uh, before we wrap up, Aaron, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online. Tell them about your book, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. My, my book, The Ark of Love, is in uh, Amazon. I also have a blog in uh, Psychology Today on uh, love, quite uh, popular. 
in uh, 90 days there are about uh, 1 million viewers for this uh, uh, blog. So you can uh, enter the blog as well. Perfect. Well, we'll have those links on our website on idopodcast.com so our listeners can go there to find your book and the link to your blog. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock, and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com